0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic.
1: Tielemans is after it. It's Tielemans cross. And it's a smashing finish from Thomas. Well, Brighton's corner, Science, who's thumping header, Leicester City's lead. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of 5000 1, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me, as always, the last man to lift a trophy at Wembley in a Leicester City shirt. It's former captain of Fox's legend, Matt Elliott. Matt, how are you? I'm spot on Rob thank you very much hope you're the same but um,
2: yeah yeah I'm proud of that fact actually I wasn't aware of it until about three or four years after lifting the trophy because I just assumed someone someone else had done it for Leicester at some stage through the decades but a strange but true fact and I'm hoping
1: it changes at the weekend Absolutely, yeah. But we're going to get into the cup final, we're going to get into Champions League uh, pursuit with the victory at Man United, and we're going to be invaded by our Chelsea's only and Twomey. So um, before we get underway, let me just remind people that right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash LesterPod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Forward slash Leicester pod. Uh, Matt, before we get into Wembley, FA Cup and all that Manchester United, it was just a little a matter of a, man, a game at Old Trafford uh, and Leicester looking like, you know, they were rocking in their pursuit of the top four spot after that terrible defeat to, to Newcastle. Uh, last Friday night, which was really tough to, to watch, and it had shades of Bournemouth from the uh, the year before. But they needed to bounce back, and boy, they showed some bottle to do that at Man United. I know they made changes, but you considering they they looked like they've been running on empty for a couple of games. That to dig that one out,
2: yeah, that's right. I, I think it, it was uh, it was nasty viewing, wasn't it, on Friday night? And there was a, sort of an eerie silence around the stadium. When I was watching the game, you know, as the goals kept rattling in, you thought, oh no, (laughs) this is going to develop into a little bit of a repeat of last season and perhaps even more dramatically so. But um, that was the overriding feeling that I had after the game against Man United at Old Trafford. Coming away with the three points, regardless of the performance, was the fact that they stirred themselves they dug deep didn't they rob um you know because they, they got a good start to the game we know about the changes etc golden opportunity and they took took the lead in emphatic style uh, luke thomas with one of the best finishes of the season certainly from a leicester city point of view wonderful goal well constructed beautifully converted and then let it slip a little bit i thought it was loose defending in Three or four quarters really to, to concede the goal so soon after taking the lead and that could have really jolted them back and I think it did for a little while, and the first half was quite a disjointed affair, but it must have been a big team talk at half time and not just from Brendan rogers, I imagine, from the players to themselves you know as as a squad within the confines of that changing room it was possibly make or break at that stage. If they didn't win that game, then certainly the doubts will be creeping in the the, the players' minds. And it would have been a tough task going into this final as well, this FA Cup final that is just, what, three days after that magnificent performance at Old Trafford. But they came out with a real grit, a real determination, didn't they? And rightly got the result. They had too much for that Man United team. And even when the changes were made, no real impact. One or two mini-scares. But if anything, Leicester looked likelier to extend their lead, really, and probably should have. Yuri Tillemans in particular got distracted by the post. But, yeah, it was a big, huge performance, really, from Leicester City. And, you know, it, it's not saved their season. That, that, that's too exaggerated. But it's had a massive, massive Impacted, boost their confidence, as a say, for the FA Cup final. And it's put them in an extremely healthy position now in terms of Champions League qualification.
1: Do you think they'll do it now with an eight-point gap at the moment as it stands? I know West Ham have got... Uh, a game in hand, and I know there's a huge game between Man United and Liverpool, and one of the reasons why Man United made those 10 changes is because they were facing four games in in eight days, which was a a ridiculous schedule. Uh, But it's a huge game as well. I mean, do you think Leicester have now done enough or do you think they need one more result?
2: Well, I think ideally, look at all the permutations, I think they need a minimum one point, don't they? I think Liverpool have still got 12 points available, so... You know, you look at that; it, it's not done and dusted, um, not by any stretch of imagination. Although I think Leicester ultimately will get it done, I think they'll get something out of certainly out of one of the next two games, if not both, um, Chelsea and Tottenham after the Cup Final. But um, I, I, I have doubts. The pe- people always always see the negative side of it, don't they? All Leicester City supporters are thinking, "Oh no." We're going to let things slip. And that game against Man United, Man United supporters, will think you oh, we're not going to score against Leicester. You know, it it, it depends what side of the fence you're on, isn't it? You you always have that worry and that concern. But if you look at it, realistically, it's it's a huge effort for Liverpool with the season they've had, the fixture list at this late stage of the season, all crammed in together, for them to go and win the next four and... West Ham have got to win the next three when they've lost three of the last four. They've lost momentum. And that means Leicester have got to pick up no points. So, you know, all these things have got to come together in a negative sense. And I, I don't see it happen happening. Not this time round. Not this time round. But the stark reminder is last season because the fall away was dramatic. But I, I, Leicester have got, even with the, the injuries they've had, etc., this season... All the things they've had to deal with. Leicester are a much more resourceful bunch of players and a resourceful club this time round, I think. And uh, whilst I, you know, won't be celebrating just yet. Hopefully, that can happen on Saturday evening, um, and you know, perhaps pretty soon after that, after the, the the Chelsea game in the league, in terms of the qualification slot. But there's, there's still some work to be done. But they're looking very strong favourites, aren't they? <laughs>
4: hello listeners sorry to interrupt
1: your show but we've got a small favor to ask we're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you your podcast listening habits and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you if you feel like helping please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio uk that's pretty catchy so i'll say it one more time surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio uk thank you Brendan Rodgers has now become the fourth different manager to win against United at Old Trafford in the Premier League with two different teams after Jose Mourinho, Rafael Benitez and Martin O'Neill. And of course, the last time Leicester won, at this is, seems to be a week of first, the last time Leicester City uh, won at Old Trafford, uh, 1998, Tony Cotty got the, the winner. Can you, memories of that day?
2: Yes. Um, it's, it's funny how football games go. They're back in back in time, how, how little you do remember in terms of the game itself. It's just little snippets because at the end of the day you play hundreds of games through your career, don't you? And oh, it's, 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 some stick out more than others quite clearly. But and winning away against the likes of Man United is one of those. <laughs> you know, the, oh, you had the Beckhams were playing and Giggs, Scholes, Keane, oh, that, that calibre of player... Um, I remember the goal distinctly. Yeah, Gary Parker dinked it over um, into the penalty area and the ball sort of bobbled up and Tony Cotley was backing into Henningberg, I think it was. and Henningberg made a bit of a mess of it in truth and Tony's poked it away as he does or as he did and um was jumped on as he is. It was celebrating, et cetera, and little sort of blinks of disbelief that we'd actually taken the lead against Man United. Something that we had done before, actually, um and after but they managed to peg us back more often than not I think that was the only time we beat Man United from my memory in my time at the club but it was yeah it was one to celebrate and as that statistic suggests Rob they don't come round too often do they and what a time what a time to improve that record it was on Tuesday night
1: absolutely uh- well, it's a busy time for Leicester City on and off the pitch. Not only got a cup final and a uh, pursuit of uh, a Champions League spot, but they've already started trying to f- make signings, improve the squad, For next season, um, we know that uh, they're looking and trying to get a deal done for Babakari Samair from Lille, the France under-21 teammate of Wesley Fofana. Midfielder, I've had a little look at him. He looks promising. He's not an attacking midfielder, which is what Brendan uh, has been saying he wants. He's only scored one goal in four years, but um, he does look like he's a dynamic player, box-to-box type player. Although he sits deep for Lille, he likes to get on the ball and, and, and spray the passes about. He's a bit of a hybrid of both... Nididi and Telemans, and he could come for twenty five million. Um, what have you made of that one, Matt?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen any footage of him, and you know I, I can't profess to, to know too much about him individually. But just reading and reports and, and listening to people like yourself, etc. And I, I noticed in, in your piece, or one of your pieces, you said that you know that, that Rogers is looking for extra depth in that attacking midfield section and. He wouldn't be one of those. It's, you, you look at it, and I, I suppose there would be people who will assess the situation and think, "Uh oh, does that mean Wilfred's going?" <laughs> um, I don't think that would be the case. I, I think Leicester are looking to progress, aren't they, and reinforce all areas, probably. You know, some are more um, immediate concerns than others, but you know, they, they want. To get as strong a depth, strong a squad as possible in terms of depth. And whilst at times, you know, most of the time, the squad has stood up to the challenges, and there have been lots of them because of the injury situation, at times, the, the starting lineup has been a little bit all too easy to predict, maybe. So it'd be looking to challenge the players that have those positions at the moment. And I'm sure, to my would be one of those. You know, it seems a very strong link, doesn't it, Rob? It's not just... It's a little bit more than rumour, maybe. Oh, no, they're
1: they're, they're well in uh, with talks with Lille um, over that. And there has even been reports that he's already agreed personal terms. Um, He did did turn down a move to Newcastle not that long ago, and that was for a £35 million um, deal. But um, that that shows you a bit
2: about, you know, his, his attitude, really, because a lot of players will jump at the first opportunity you know, for financial gain to play in the Premier League, regardless of who that team is. And he's obviously, if, that, if that's true about Newcastle, you know, he thinks quite highly of himself. And, you know, that can only bode well, really, in terms of, you know, he's quite selective about where he goes and what sort of club he, he wants for his next step in his career. And he sees Leicester as a sign of development, which you're not surprised at. But... um yeah, no, no I, like, I like all the bits I hear sound really positive, don't they? And you know, to bolster that midfield department, because in truth, Telemans and Ndidi have been overworked,
1: really. yeah. Especially Telemans. And I think yeah. I think that he's the one position in that side that uh, they haven't got cover for. Somebody who can sit deep and, and dictate play and play through the lines. They haven't got anybody besides no. Telemans who can do that. And I think that's why they're gone for some air.
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, you've got Mendy in there, you've got Chowdhury, but they're, they're not, as you say, they're certainly not direct replacements uh, or to play a lot, you know, with four Tillemans in particular. But some people would question whether they are regularly able to perform at the level that Leicester are looking for. don't know. They, they may Im- improve their their standards. But, um, yeah, to, to bring someone in with that... You assume maybe that extra little bit of quality. Uh, that's the sort of signing that Leicester are looking for. And if their record for bringing players over from the French League is anything to go by,
1: onto a surefire winner. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hopefully, hopefully he'll be coming to not only a side that's competing in the Champions League, but a side that has won the FA Cup for the first time in the club's history. A huge game at the weekend, the FA Cup final. the First time Leicester City have been there for 52 years. It is, I mean, they've they've got that unenviable record of having most final appearances, four, without ever having won the FA Cup. So it's absolutely huge for Leicester. But we're going to bring in uh, my colleague, the Athletics' Liam Twomley, to talk about Chelsea as well now in the Cup Final.
3: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu.
4: Brought to your ears by The Athletic, I'm Adam Hurry and Football Clichés is the podcast you never knew you needed. Every week, to quite unnecessary depth, we examine the words, the phrases, the accepted wisdom, the mannerisms, the habits, the gestures, the symbols, the sounds and the smells that everyone takes for granted in football, but which really are the glorious glue that holds it all together. For example, have you ever really listened to the Football League Goals Roundups? I mean, really listen to them? Because they all sound pretty much like this... Team X went into this game with just one win in their last 13 and when Team Y took the lead inside four minutes at Stadium Z, the home fans were probably starting to fear the worst. But Striker A had other ideas and this game turned on its head in the space of five minutes midway through the second half. First, a smart finish from the edge of the box brought Team X level and he repeated the trick on the hour mark to bring his tally for the season to 22. By now, Team X were in the mood and although striker A squandered a guilthead's edged chance to complete his hat-trick, on-loan Dutchman winger B made it three with a curling effort from long range. Team Y's misery was compounded in stoppage time when midfielder C's late challenge on fullback D saw them reduced to ten men. An afternoon to forget for manager E's men then, but Team X will hope they have finally turned a corner under caretaker boss manager F. Listen to Football Clichés wherever you get your podcasts and also ad-free when you subscribe to The Athletic.
1: Liam, welcome to 5000 to 1. Um, you're going to be giving us the Chelsea view of the FA Cup final. But first of all, do you know how big this is for Leicester City and Leicester City fans? Are you aware? I mean, Cup finals are everyday occurrences for Chelsea. They're not for Leicester. I
5: know, yeah. for that reason, there's, there's a part of me that almost wants Leicester to win. Um, really? Yeah, because I think it would be, I mean, it'd be a moral
1: victory, wouldn't it? After all this Super League stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people of neutrals will be supporting Leicester because of that, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I'd say
5: 100% of neutrals. Um, Ch- Chelsea aren't a club that inspires love from outside Chelsea fans at the best of times. But, um, but no, I mean, I think, you know, Leicester have been a superbly run club in recent years. They're a great story. Obviously, the Premier League title triumph from which you take your podcast name has has was this the football story of our times, and I think an FA Cup triumph would be a really nice, um, a, a really really nice way to burnish that success with this new group because they've built a new team, haven't they? Since that point, and and I think this is a really talented group with a really talented coach in Brendan Rodgers, and they've yeah they they deserve some success, but I mean. It's a
1: final, you have to deserve it on the pitch. Well, I'm hoping that there's a little omen for Leicester City as well because um, unfortunately we had to have a coin toss for the uh, correspondent that would be going to the final, didn't we, Lim? Um I won the semi-final <laughs> one, so I got to go to the semi-final and we won again. So uh, I'm going to Wembley. I do apologise though, mate, but you will get plenty of opportunities because I've, I've really been impressed with the work that uh, Tuttle has, uh, has done uh, at Chelsea since he's come in um, we haven't seen Leicester take on one of his teams yet I mean they had a bit of success against Chelsea Frank Lampard early in the season so how have they changed what what has he done to turn them around because I know they had a blip uh, the other night against Arsenal but besides that they've been one of the form teams in the Premier League
5: Yeah I mean it, it has been a really remarkable turnaround and I mean I don't think you, can, you can't call it you know like a miracle because when you're talking about a club with Chelsea's finances, resources and just the talent in this squad that's that would be a bit of an overstatement but it it's been a remarkable turnaround from where they were at the end of January and the problems they had at the tail end of the Lampard era and in particular the, the the changes he's made have been have been impressive because the biggest problems Chelsea had under Lampard as you saw in that game at the King Power um which was his last Premier League game in charge were that they did they didn't have a defensive structure really that that was solid enough um, they were too easy to counter-attack, which, which of course played right into Leicester's hands in that game. Um, and they didn't press as a unit well enough, um, which obviously meant that you know talented opponents could play around and through them. And those three things are now three of the biggest strengths of this team. Um, and Tuchel has somehow managed to do this and do it very quickly with next to no training time at Cobham. Um, they've been playing every, every three days across three competitions. They've not sacked off any of the individual competitions. So he, they've been going full gun in each. They've been playing catch up in the top four race and to get them to a position now where even with the Arsenal setback, they're in a strong position in, in the Premier League and they're in two major finals, including the first Champions League final appearance since 2012. It, it really has been an, an incredible coaching job from Tuchel and, and he definitely deserves the the primary credit because he has put these players in the best
1: position to succeed. Look, can I ask about two, a couple of lads that um, Leicester City fans will be very familiar with? N'Golo Kante, because he seemed to lose his way a little bit at Chelsea and we're starting to see the uh, the Kante that uh, we remember uh, from Leicester and also Ben Chilwell, how has he developed under Tuchel?
5: Yeah, so Kante first, I think... Um, you know he, he he kind of lost a little bit of momentum midway through his chelsea career but it wasn't really his fault um he he was he was moved into a different position first by sarri and then kind of kept there under lampard on the right of a midfield 3 where he was he was going forward a little bit more and it didn't quite it wasn't the best use of his skill set i don't think although he he still did he still did it well he's never really played badly for chelsea he's just not quite been kante for a little while and then For the majority of the Lampard era, um, he just had lots of injuries that hampered hampered him. It was a big hangover from the Europa League final, Um, Maurizio Sarri's final game in charge, and it took him a long time to get his body right. What we're seeing now under Tuchel is that Kante is physically back to what he was, Um, but Tuchel has also put him back in the position in which he shone for Leicester and shone for Chelsea under Antonio Conte, which is in a midfield two, with a license to roam and destroy, <laughs> um, which is what he does better than any other midfielder I've ever seen. Um, so he 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 really is back to to doing that at his best. He was absolutely exceptional in both games against Real Madrid. Really, the I think probably the difference, um, the the biggest difference between those teams over the two games. Um, and then Ben Chilwell. You know, he, he, he was playing well for Lampard. I think his form dropped off, as did a lot of other players towards the end of Lampard's time. Tuchel came in, immediately brought Marcus Alonso in, and that was more down to the shift in formation, um, because Alonso was more familiar with playing as a wing-back. And Chilwell since admitted that he had to kind of learn that role on the training pitch with Tuchel, um, but he's made that adaptation well and he's forced his way back into the team and he is now Tuchel's first choice in that position. He he gives Chelsea a lot more mobility than Alonso does there. His stamina is incredible to to provide that width for for 90 plus minutes on the left of that 3-4-2-1. Um and he's just been yeah I think overall he's been he's been one of the more consistent signings that Chelsea made last summer.
1: Matt, it's some mouth-watering clashes all over the pitch, isn't there? But that midfield one really does look... I mean, Nididdy and Kante. I mean, that's going to be a thunderous collision at some stage, isn't it? Yeah,
2: and then you've got the artistry of you know Tillemans up against Jorginho. You, you would envisage that, that uh, we'll be alongside Kante. And like you say, quality all over the pitch. Good matchups, possibly. Well, there'll be slight variations in the system... More than likely, weren't they? But uh, both sides will be trying to sort of accommodate the other. But, yeah, there's quality everywhere, everywhere you look, isn't it? And a real intriguing contest between pairs of individuals. And But, uh, yeah, you, you feel that possibly who gets the upper hand there because it would be interesting to see how both teams approach it because Chelsea are very, as Liam's mentioned there, you know, they're very disciplined, very structured now. And Leicester can also apply themselves in that way. And I think I think both teams will be a little bit cautious, you know, and they won't want to be exposing themselves in, in any way. And it will just be little incidents where play can be broken up and, and then teams can hit on the counter. And they'll be waiting for those moments. And Kante, probably the best there is, yeah, at that, Wilfred and Didi is not far behind. He's a fine exponent of the art as well, and that midfield tussle you feel feel could be hugely influential. You know, even more so than in any other game, because whoever gets the upper hand there can you know, have that opportunity to supply those front men there. And, and because I think it'll be a game of very few clear cut opportunities.
1: Matt, there's. Um... Obviously, a few selection issues for uh, Brendan Rodgers ahead of the game. Um, we just heard from him in his pre-match press conference that uh, Johnny Evans could be fit. He's trained today and they're just looking to see how he reacts and then they're going to make a decision uh, before the final. That would be huge for starters. But you just mentioned that midfield as well. James Madison has been off it a little bit in terms of his fitness. Only played one full 90 minutes in two months. And Brendan's talking about... Chelsea's physicality you've got to be an athlete you've got to be 100% fit for this game would you play Madison after his little cameo against Man United Oh, it's
2: a tough one isn't it because I think it's quite clear he's not at full match fitness something's niggling away or bothering him isn't it and that may be the case for a little while because Brendan talked about his injury situation being managed over a period of time didn't it but if I'm being honest, I Perez didn't convince at all against Man United on Tuesday, you know, screaming out for Madison to come on. Madison did okay. I thought it was an improvement on Perez, certainly. And I got the feeling even before the start of the game, Rob, I don't know if you agree, but I was thinking Madison's highly likely to play in the cup final. I thought it was, you know, that might have been a game too much. Man United and then Chelsea on the Saturday. If he's carrying that little niggle, um, nursing himself through, so I think it was sort of giving him a little bit of a rest, really, and try and get him fresh and charged up for Saturday because I think big game like that, Leicester need their big game players. Madison is one of those, without a doubt, and it's a quite difficult position to play in Leicester's setup, isn't it? Because uh, Luke Thomas was talking about, you know, playing a uh, three th- three five two almost at, in possession you know four four two out of possession and dropping in and the, the madison in that number 10 role you've got to play behind the strikers we've got to drop in and help the midfield out as well and you know getting caught between two roles and it, it's not easy but he's an intelligent footballer madison for me he starts at the weekend if at all
1: fit. Liam, one man that probably will start for Leicester. Well, he definitely will start for for Leicester City. Is uh, Jamie Vardy? He's got a fantastic record of playing in the FA Cup from the preliminary round all the way through. And when he starts on Saturday, he would be the first player to have played in every round all the way through to the the final. Is he? I know he's not been in great form lately, but is he the man that uh, Chelsea will be fearing?
5: I think traditionally he's always been the man Chelsea have feared when when they've played Leicester. Um, he, he's also got such a fantastic record against the top Premier League sides um, over the years. He you know th- those those kind of games tend to favour him when he's playing against the high defensive line, and he's got that space to attack in behind. He's he's always been so good at time in those runs. I know he's maybe not quite as fast as he was in his in his absolute prime, but I think he's still mobile enough to cause Chelsea some serious problems. And I, I think he's only got smarter as a player as he as he's got more older and more experienced at the top level. Um, but I I don't think Chelsea will be able to fully focus on him. I don't think that's the way that Tuchel sets his team up to defend anyway. He does it very much as a, a collective unit, um, pressing from the front. They'll be worried about and Nacho as well. Um, he, he, he's been in incredible form for Leicester recently. Uh, and I think yeah, I, th- I mean, I think they'll be quite happy if Madison doesn't start because he's someone else that's caused them problems. It's it, Particularly in that game at the King Power earlier in the season, it's not going to be as easy for Leicester fi- to find those spaces against Chelsea this time around. They're going to have to work a little bit harder to create those opportunities, but um, they've got the talent to do it. And I think the maybe the one thing Leicester could be slightly wary of is that Chelsea did get a real wake-up call against Arsenal. Um and, and as bad as that performance was, it could actually be quite well-timed for them to really focus minds ahead of the FA Cup final. And then, of course, the game against Leicester a couple of days later in the league.
1: Absolutely. Matt, and, and this is a mouth-watering game and we've got fans back We've got fans back for this one. Twenty-one thousand fans. I know there's only six thousand two hundred and fifty from each club, but it's still. It's going They're gonna make a noise. It's gonna feel familiar again, isn't it? After watching football in empty stadiums for such a long time. Yeah,
2: it makes a great difference, wouldn't it? And you know, very apt for the occasion as well. You you need you need supporters in in any ground, but, but particularly Wembley. I mean, it was. It was a spooky sort of atmosphere at the semi-finals, but even 4,000, I think it was, wasn't it, for the semi-finals, they were spread and scattered around very sparsely and it hardly made any real impression in terms of the visual effects. But just uh, in in terms of noise and cheering and celebrating or moaning at a decision or encouragement of the players, even that, the 4,000 just sort of sprinkled around either end made a difference. And, you know, you could feel it. It had a much better feel about it, despite the the sparseness of the crowd. But now, with that greater numbers, it's going to be a proper occasion. And it would have been such a shame, wouldn't it? Otherwise, you know, it's, I mean, obviously, everyone would love to see a full house and everyone teaming down the M1. Um, to go and see the Foxes perform at Wembley in that cup final for that elusive victory that they just cannot obtain. But hopefully that will change at the weekend. But even with that 6,000-plus supporters, who knows, a few might be able to wangle their way into the, 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 the excess 10,000 via hospitality or one one means or another. <laughs> I'm sure people will find their ways. And yeah yeah it it's an FA Cup final it needs it needs that atmosphere doesn't it it needs that vibe and that buzz you know the players react it, off it and it's just it's not, it's not the same it's not the occasion is it of a, a major trophy final at you know the national stadium and it, it needs those supporters in thankfully that's been the case and uh good to see the crowds back and the lucky few thousands who are making their way down will be buzzing with anticipation, won't they?
1: Well, they've waited 52 years to see Leicester City in an FA Cup final. They've waited even longer to see a Leicester City captain lift that trophy. Let's hope, uh, for Leicester's sake, that uh, this will happen at the weekend. Liam, thank you very much for joining us and giving us the Chelsea view. I'm looking forward to to the game immensely. And Matt, thank you as well for joining us again on 5000
2: to 1. Pleasure,
5: Rob. Take care, Liam. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. Join us again next time on 5000 to 1 when hopefully we'll be dissecting an FA Cup victory at last.
3: The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favourite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub,